0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code ARSCAST at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace. Build it beautiful.
1: Va a llegar el gol del Arsenal. Özil marca Mesut Özil. Bellerín, qué golazo. Magnífico.
0: ¡Qué golazo de Bellerín! Gol del Arsenal. Gran gol de Bellerín. 1-0. This is Askcast Extra. Hello there. Welcome to another Arscast Extra, as always, with James from Gunnerblog. Good morning to you, sleepyhead.
1: Good morning. Sorry for keeping you waiting. I genuinely was, as you've suggested,
0: asleep. That that tends to happen this time of the morning. It is quite early. It is. Not for normal people who've got real jobs. I, th- I imagine they are all departed
1: their house in their suits long ago. But for me, this is obscene.
0: Yeah, this is the earliest I think we've ever recorded the Arscast Extra. True, although not when I was in
1: America. I think on American time, I did some at sort of six, seven a.m. Oh, did you? Yeah, I think so. Wow, I think so. That's commitment, though. That that I really can, is.
0: I care about talking all this shit. Yeah, who can forget those days in a hallway with an air conditioning unit outside? <laughs> Good times, heady days, Halcyon days. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yes. So, why are you so tired? You're 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 doing things. I'm doing things. I've been performing this weekend, performing comedy in a place
1: called Buxton, which I didn't really know existed. I thought it was just a brand of water. But it turns out all that water comes from a very specific location in Derbyshire. Wow. Yeah. And then I've been down to Brighton. I've been all over the place. So
0: I'm doing a sort of tour of... Again, places that begin with B. I think you you need to...
1: It's a big thing for me.
0: Yeah, you, you probably need to diversify a little bit because there are 25 other letters of the alphabet and you're restricting yourselves to a very small portion of the population. I've no interest in those other places at all. If it doesn't
1: begin with B, uh, I've got, uh, you know, it, it, it's just sort of no relevance to me.
0: Well, fair enough. Look, I like a man who sticks by his principles. What, so um, Go on. What have you been up to? Then? What? I'm uh, Nothing. I'm so envious in some respects. (laughs) Yeah, literally uh, nothing. Uh, As much nothing as possible uh, while doing lots of stuff that's of no real interest. You know, it's been fairly, fairly dull. Um, But we have, of course, won a trophy. Yes,
1: the treble is on. Mm -hmm. The pre-season treble of Asia Trophy, Emirates Cup and Community Shield.
0: I I did uh, make a tweet to that effect the other day. I Mm. said that, uh, you know, if we can add the... uh, we can add the Emirates Cup and the Community Shield to the uh, Barclays Asia Trophy, the rest of the season, just look, it won't matter what happens. Amazingly, and I know we should never be amazed, quite a lot of people took that seriously. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: crazy. I like the idea that we'd be on the beach come August. Yeah, exactly. Oh,
0: on. we've done everything that needs to be done already. Like a Newcastle season, just doing doing nothing from that.
1: Oh, that's my phone. I'll turn it off. Um, But basically, uh, yes, I I saw bits and pieces of that. I I must admit I wasn't as focused on the Asia
0: Trophy as I might have been, given the the silverware at stake. True. I, I too, uh, was deciding whether or not to watch the game on Saturday or whether to go and buy a frying pan. Quite the conundrum. It really is. I'm in desperate need of a, of a new frying pan. And, uh, I mean, is there a specific reason what happened to the previous one? I don't know. Maybe I'm just very hard on frying pans, but they don't seem to last very long. I even bought some good ones the last time. It was by one of those one of those chef guys. I can't remember. Hmm. Somebody good anyway. A branded. Yeah, a pan. branded, and they looked nice and everything, but, you know, they just they just haven't lasted the pace. Um, so I can't I, keep I, up with you. All that bacon. Yes, all that all that frying and making of food in them. I don't know. They just they've they've got sort of scorched, and it's not because I'm I'm uh, I'm unaware of how to use a frying pan. They just don't seem to last the way that they should. So I, I I plumped for the frying pan shopping rather than watch the Barclays Asia Trophy, and in the end I didn't get a frying pan. What can you say? At least they won the cup, eh? They well, that was small comfort. Small exactly. comfort. You know, you can't
1: always win with the frying pan,
0: but mm. you can rely on Arsenal at least. That's that's very true. Um, so, yeah, 3-1 win over, over Everton. I yeah, mean, how much a, do we read into this uh, pre-season stuff? Because it is just pre-season, and if we don't win, people go, well, it's just preseason; it's all about fitness. And if we do win, there's a tendency perhaps to go a little bit over the top and say, well, we're fantastic. Uh, well, we, we've got to, like, sort of take it on a fairly easy level, right? Yeah, I think so. I think primarily... It is about fitness.
1: I suppose if you want to take the positives from it, it's always nice to win things. I think it's good for morale. You know, it's good for the squad. I'm sure they, you know, part of pre-season is about bonding and things like that. And mm. I think that probably helps out, uh, on that front. And I also think that if you look at the goals we scored against Everton, there were signs that the cohesion uh, and some of the understanding between the likes of Cazorla and Ozil that we saw uh, at the back end of last season, remains intact or continues to blossom. But I think in terms of saying, well, we're, we're definitely going to start the season like a house on fire, I don't think it's possible to draw that sort of conclusion.
0: Yeah, yeah. Cohesion is a word that I've seen used quite a lot over this weekend.
1: Mm, I'm nothing if not unoriginal.
0: Yeah, well, look, that goes without saying, but perhaps it is the uh, the narrative that's what it's all about this this cohesion uh, within the squad that we have a very very settled squad and perhaps that's one of the benefits of that yeah
1: absolutely I think that that is the case and I think that Arsene Wenger's has talked about that when, when talking about transfers and that's a return to what he prefers in a summer I think last season the amount of players he brought in quite anomalous so I think it'll all be about trying to get that chemistry going and what was the word perma Saka used back into of last year? Can
0: automatisms. Automatisms. It's all about those automatisms. Mm. They're great. But- I imagine automatisms a bit like
1: minions. Right. Like sort of little people who, who live inside you. Yeah. like,
0: yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think they're cool. Every time they do something like that on the pitch, an automatism goes, wee. <laughs> but that could be just me. That could be just you. I think it do probably
1: you- is. Did you see the goals, at least? At I, I least? did. I
0: did see the goals. Very nice. Santi Cazorla, a little bit of magic, bang, inside mm. the near post. Theo Walcott, a good run, good bit of strength in the centre-forward position. And we'll mm. come to Theo, I'm sure, in a in a few moments' time. And obviously, uh, Mesut Ozil with a, with a goal as well. Nice finishes every single one.
1: Yeah, I really liked Ozil's goal, I have to say. Maybe it's just because it was... You know, nice to see him finish with a bit of conviction, which could sometimes be absent.
0: It was one of those great ones as well where he was sort of running onto it and there was another player, it could have been Walcott maybe, who was yeah, there also. Was. And he just sort of was like, no, get away, I'm doing this. Mm. Which I like. I like that when there's just that sort of thing between two players and one of them just takes charge. It's all very manful or something. Do you... Uh, and Pat Cech, of course,
1: played. He his did. His first Arsenal game. Made it one decent save,
0: I thought. What, did you see the save? I didn't. Sort of... I didn't see the save. No. All
1: oh, right, nice little save. Sort of going, you know. Uh, but a header was looping over him, and he sort of clipped it up onto the bar. Right. Well, for ten million pounds, you'd expect nothing less. That's all I can say. Exactly. No sign of his agility waning there at thirty-three. But uh, yeah, so silverware, another one in the bank. Yeah. Never mind the two FA Cups. Yeah. Forget about those. We will have to make room on the Emirates Course for a
0: concourse for a little plaque saying. Yeah. Asia Trophy 2015. That's it. That's it. The prestigious, uh, the prestigious Barclays Asia Trophy is ours.
1: Well, we also played the semi-final since we last spoke. Of course, let's not forget the Singapore
0: Select Eleven. Yeah, I didn't see any of that either. That was uh, Poms day, really, wasn't it? It was. It was a hat trick for him and a goal for Jack Wilshere as well. Um, so we see obviously put out the uh, the younger side against uh, the Singapore Select 11 uh, and some of them seem to acquit themselves pretty well whether or not they've done enough to put themselves into the manager's thinking going forward or into the season interesting comments about Agpom, but I've got a question about that for the for the second part so I'll I'll come Let's back save to him it, then. Let's I'll save come back it. to him um you talked about the bonding and the the way that the team were uh, were all together etc did you uh, see that Santi Zorla video, the heading video. Yes, I did. That's brilliant, isn't it? It's magical again. It really is amazing because you know, I, I, we all play football to a certain level, to a certain, wow. to a certain standard, right? Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm being very generous to us here, Thank but you. you know, if you're standing there, if you're there a bit early and you're doing a bit of warm up with somebody and you're like booting the ball to each other and then, right, let's try a couple of headers. Like if I get three, I'm, I'm pretty fucking happy. Yeah. Like oh, yeah three, but he's in a swimming pool going round and round in a circle. Magic, magic stuff. That was really good fun, though.
1: It is. It's up there with the, uh, what was
0: the what, the previous video with him? And was it? Monreal in the gym. Monreal. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I mean. He's just incredible. The 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 technique and the skill and the the ability to control the ball with any part of his body. I'd say Santiago Cazorla could play football with his arse. Mm-hmm if he really had to. Like if he was involved in a terrible landmine accident, and I r you know, I hope obviously that doesn't happen to him. And no, he cause... were to lose both his legs and he, he eschewed the the old uh, blade runner type appendages, I'd say he could still play football with his arse muscles. Well look, I mean I
1: don't want to see that come to pass, but I'd certainly be very intrigued to. Mm. Mm. Um, so he actually played as the deepest midfielder against Everton, um, which is quite an interesting. Interesting little thing. I mean, whether or not that would ever—that's the thing. It's like, can you read anything into that strategy? Like, uh, in a competitive game, yeah, that wouldn't happen. You'd have Cockland in alongside him.
0: So. Yeah, yeah. I don't think uh, I don't think that would work in Premier League. To be honest, uh, I think his his legs might come off. As <suggested>. Um so yeah I, I you know
1: it seems like it was a good good little trip for them I think you know the it's obviously great for the fans over there as well mm-hmm. and they were they were great I mean from the clips and stuff that I saw the support in the stadiums was
0: superb yeah everyone seemed to enjoy themselves alright yeah
1: so look no harm done and we beat we beat a premier league team yeah so, which makes me feel like it's more of an accomplishment so yeah all Take right,
0: so roll on to the Emirates Cup. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So, who are we playing in the Emirates Cup? Who's uh, who are the other teams? I don't even know. Uh, neither do I. Actually, uh, I'll just check that out right now. I think sus- that I think, the- think it's Leon. One of them could be. Could be. Yes, Leon is one of them. Ooh, so Leon. And Wolfsburg, does- is it? Uh, that's right. Of course. That's right. The return of Nicholas Bentner. Yeah, Wolfsburg. Oh wow! Wow. That's a big, big game, isn't it? That was good Oxley chamberlain that clip, wasn't it? Funny. Yeah, that's great. Anyone who hasn't seen it, he gets
1: asked <laughs> which Arsenal legend he'd like to see return to the club. Quick as a flash, replies with, with Lord Bentner. What do you read <laughs> into that? Do you think, like, what does that tell you about Bentner's status in the dressing room at the time when he was with the club? Like, is that just gentle ribbing or is that
0: yeah, something more? I'd say that's gentle ribbing. I think Oxley chamberlain is... Uh, is a funny guy, really. You know, he's got a, a, a good uh, a good wit about him, mm. which is a terrible thing to say, actually. It's like when you say a song, that's got a good beat. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, he's a funny guy, so I reckon it's just taking the piss. And of course, you know, he is a bit of an easy target, but there you go. He's deserving of it. You yeah. know, isn't when you come out with some things he's come out with, <laughs> you set yourself up. Um, so, what, what? oh yeah, so uh, Leon, obviously uh, Lacazette plays for Leon, doesn't he? La Cazette. Could we yeah. have a quick word in his uh, in his shell like on uh, on the weekend?
1: I don't know. What was he, he spoke out in the week, didn't he, and said, Oh, I'm I'm focused on Leon but it's easy to say that until someone starts waving all the, yeah. all the money
0: and I mean, all he all did possibilities, say, like I, Yeah, I think what it, what his point was, look, the president can do what he wants in terms of accepting a bid, but look, I wanna stay here. I don't want people to think I'm a, a money grabber or I'm not up for the fight. Um and I think that's what his, his statement was about. It didn't necessarily rule out a move. It said, I, I'm happy to stay, but look, if you want to sell me, hey, hey, what can I do about it if you tell me I'm surplus to requirements?
1: Mm. Well, let's have a word then while they're over here. Why not? Well, you, you,
0: are you going to be working at it? or I won't. I'll be... Why? So, why? Are we going to ask me to say something? Yeah, well, I was going to say, because, you you know, you've got a, you've got a way with words. You've got, uh, a, yeah. you've got a kind of charm about you that could, uh, could tempt him. The Gift of the Gab. Mm. I am... I'm not going to be there, sadly. Where are you going to be? In some B-town doing
1: comedy? I'm going to be in Beddenborough. Edinburgh. Mm. <laughs> For the Beddenborough Festival. All right. Uh, so, yeah, sadly I shan't be there. But hopefully, you know, Dick Law or someone more competent can, can maybe do that right. instead.
0: Right, okay. Um, other stories going on. Matthew Flamini linked with a move to Galatasaray.
1: Yeah, that's where everyone's going these days. It's like... Premier League retirement
0: at home, isn't it? I saw somebody talking about this. There's something to do with the way that clubs are owned in Turkey, right. so that the the tax on wages is a lot lower than it would be in any other country. So Turkey is now in a position where it can pay players um, considerably more, or they get more value for their for their uh, their gross pay packet. So it becomes more attractive to players like Nani and. Robin van Persie and Lucas Podolski, and also makes those kind of players affordable for, for Turkish clubs. It's interesting.
1: That is interesting, yeah. I think I remember hearing about that back when Wesley sort of Schneider first went there, which was a bit of a surprise. But mm. they, um, yeah, Flamini, I mean, would you be surprised to see him sold? Uh,
0: not really, but then it would be the first time ever in his career that he's commanded a, a transfer fee.
1: He won't be happy about it. The guy loves a Bosman, doesn't yeah, he?
0: Yeah, exactly. He
1: lives for the Bosman. He's all about. He's, a, he's all about that Bosman. Um, no but trouble. Would, <laughs> but would you? Uh, you you'd think that, that we would be prepared to let him go. Would you imagine?
0: I think so, but then you'd have to wonder: Do you then leave yourself a bit short? Because um, whatever about wanting competition for Cockerlan. At the moment, even if you don't necessarily rate Flamini or Arteta, and there are people out there who don't rate either of those players, they're there, though. They're, they're numbers. They provide options within the squad. So if uh, Flamini goes, what's the alternative if uh, if Arteta picks up another injury or if, if Coquelin is out injured or suspended, etc., etc.? You do perhaps leave yourself a little short, no? Could it be mm. the sign that uh, a midfielder is coming?
1: Maybe. Maybe I mean you know that's an area we've talked about for for months now. Mm. I mean, I, and I do think that Arteta and Clown yeah, it's 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 all right, but I do think that you could do with another option there. So potentially, he is leaving to make way for somebody else. Well, yeah. Either way. um there's quite a lot of sort of crowing about Flamini, isn't there? There's sort of like a lot of good riddance attitude. Yeah, I, can,
0: I don't, I, you know, I don't think he's the world's best player by a long shot, but I don't think he's anywhere near as bad as as people say either, you know.
1: I think perception of him sort of seemed to really change quite dramatically. So when he left Arsenal, there was a bit of... Uh, what a guess, cunt! Yeah, which was understandable because he, you know, he walked out at the end of his contract, which he's entitled to do. But then when he came back, he... What a hero. Yeah, exactly. He introduced something to our play that really had been absent. Um, But then by the time the following season rolled around... What a cunt again. Absolutely. I mean, it's (laughs) it's like I've, you know, recorded these tidbits from a a selection of fans to illustrate the point perfectly. So, yeah, you've done beautifully there. Thank you. uh, you. And when he leaves, I don't know, maybe it'll
0: reverse. Maybe he'll be... Yeah, somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. It is a strange one. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he did anything particularly wrong. To be perfectly honest, no, but he didn't. He didn't have a great
1: season last season. And no, there were a couple of high profile errors. I mean, he gave the ball away. I think against Spurs, didn't he, In the North London Derby. Yeah. Uh, for their for their opening goal, and that that wouldn't have endeared into anybody. But
0: you know, um, as I say, good riddance. What a cunt. I love him. <laughs> uh, we'll have to wait and see if there's any truth to uh, to that story but you know it, it doesn't seem unreasonable uh, that they might be in for him and, and prepare to pay him what he might like and uh, what that means for us so we'll have to wait and see between uh, now and the end of the transfer window Theo Walcott James Theo Walcott what a curious chap he is Theo Walcott what strange strange quotations um, <laughs> from him on his On his new contract. Um, My agent has talked to the club. I enjoy playing for this club, so I'm just letting them crack on with things and I'll continue playing football. If it happens, it happens. We'll just play the waiting game and see what happens. But I'm sure it won't be long. I mean, what?
1: I don't know what he's talking about. It's so weird. I think he's he's very... What we do know about Theo is very PR conscious and he's obviously trying to put across this image that he's just this happy-go-lucky children's author who <laughs> happens to play for a major football team and is probably unaware that he's even being paid for the pleasure. You know, and he's just like, oh, there's a man called an agent and he decides everything for me. I, You know, I'm just trying my best and working on my next book. So <laughs> I I don't really know. I mean, obviously he's... Do you,
0: do you think it's a bit disingenuous? Oh, I think it might be, yeah. <laughs>
1: um uh, yeah, uh, look, my my strong impression is that he probably does want to remain with the club, but simply for the right price, effectively.
0: Right. Well, does he have the, the chops to kind of back up this stance, though? You know... Um, the, the footballing chops? Yeah, the footballing chops in the sense that, you know, he's a guy who's injured a lot. And even aside from the cruciate inju- injury he picked up, uh, he's he's been pretty much injury plagued throughout his Arsenal career. Mm-hmm. He had one fantastic season in 2012, 2013, where he scored 21 goals, mm-hmm. which was a, a, a really great season. But since 2010, he averages just over nine goals a season, which mm-hmm. isn't necessarily what you need to be the most demanding and difficult Person, When it comes to contract negotiation, you know, uh, Arsenal have managed to uh, achieve contract renegotiations with with Jack Wilshere, with Aaron Ramsey, with Per Mertesacker, Lauren Koscielny, uh, Santi Gazorla, players who arguably have been more consistent and more valuable than Theo Walcott has. But every single time when it comes to Walcott's contract, as Arsene Wenger says, it's a a tough process. You know, they've got to make contact with the embassy. Um, You know, it seems at odds with with him as a footballer. There is the other side of it, though, isn't there, that that Walcott as a package isn't just a footballer. He's a very clean-cut, marketable sort of a guy. Um, That I think they, they, you know, that, that has a bearing as well.
1: Do you think that has a bearing on? Yeah, on on.
0: Do you? I is think that's that, why. I think that's why they feel they can be a bit more difficult because he is very popular. You know, he's he's a he's a young English guy. Well, he's not young anymore, but he's English. Doesn't get into any trouble. Brilliant author as well. Fantastic, fantastic children's books. T.J. and the T.J. and the contract negotiation. Yeah.
1: I, uh, I yeah, perhaps
0: so, perhaps so. I,
1: I do I think he's got the the weight to carry off this sort of negotiation. I don't know. Last time, obviously, he did, and we've talked a lot about why this time is different. My instinct still says that he will stay. I just
0: think that he it's just being a pain in the, ho- in yeah, the hole. Yeah, basically, yeah.
1: Like whether that be under the instruction of his agent or not, I just think he's being a bit of a dick about it. Right. Uh,
0: that's basically my my interpretation. What do you think? I, I think that's probably right. I think he, he probably does want to stay, but uh, he's got a team of people working for him and, and uh, who, who obviously tell him, this is what you're worth. This is what we can get you elsewhere. I think the the elsewhere avenues are pretty much closed for him. You know, Manchester City would have seemed like a reasonable destination for him if they'd been interested. Liverpool perhaps as well. You know, I do think as well that perhaps there's a, a little bit of self-awareness in the sense that when we had these negotiations a couple of years ago, he knew he was invaluable, and now he knows he's not. And he spent most of last season on the bench when he was fit. People forget that he came back from his injury in November. It yeah. wasn't January, it was November. Uh, and he got picked up another little injury. But for the most of the, the second half of the season, he stayed on the bench. And Arsene Wenger said, well, you know, this is to do with his injury and his fitness, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, uh, I, I don't buy that. I think he was on the bench because the manager didn't trust him, didn't want to use him in the team, felt that the team was better without him. I think that is part of it also, that maybe he wants some assurances over playing time, or he knows that perhaps his playing time at Arsenal won't be as much as he would like. So if he can get, if that can be offset by a very healthy contract, maybe he's willing to accept that. But if not, then maybe he's not up for the fight with Oxley Chamberlain or whoever else might come in on the right hand side.
1: Maybe not. Maybe. maybe not. But I think you're right. If you look at the clubs, you know, City have bought Sterling, Liverpool have bought everyone else. So I think, <laughs> so I think his options are are narrowed. And I think I think he knows that he's sort of, you know, we've talked a lot about how there are technical limitations in Walcott's game, and in a respect, I think he's protected at Arsenal because. Arsenal Wenger knows him so well. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. he, he knows how to maximise his skills and equally how to shield slightly against the weaknesses in his game. And I think that Walcott has a good thing going at Arsenal and will want to continue that mm. once he stops being a dick, basically. And it's all about finding, <laughs> that, finding that price, which will be a compromise, hopefully, because I think Arsenal don't need to pay him whatever he demands at the present time. Yeah. But yeah. well, I'd like it to be sorted out before the start of the season, really, as a fan. I mean, it's really not something... Which, even even if you think, well, last time he signed in January and it was absolutely no problem... But that was a problem. Exactly. I still don't want a December and a November and an October full of speculation and stories and distraction. Do you know
0: what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I absolutely agree with you there. I think it's a, a distraction that we don't need. And I think that, you know... It's not It's not a, it's not a, a complicated process. Mm. Contracts, usually they're done with minimal fuss uh, and they're done behind the scenes without.
1: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
0: All this talking in public, you know, um, Walcott is the one who's making it an issue, I think. Obviously because of the reluctance to uh to, to sign the deal or to accept whatever terms that are they're on that are on offer. And look, we're we're all realistic enough to know that it's a business and he's out to get the best, best contract that he can get for himself. We're all aware of that, and I think every player does that, but most players can do it. Ninety five percent of players can do it without it becoming uh back pages every single time. And I think that's the frustration with Walcott.
1: This I, I I completely agree with you. So I was so I was distracted by thinking about uh, TJ and the contract extension, like, <laughs> all the
0: money making possibilities. Uh, well, I'm sure he's uh, he's uh, sitting down every morning to put in a good hours writing before he um, before he goes to training. Just get it okay. right. Do the illustrations, yeah. the whole lot.
1: I think I think it's good. I think you know maybe we should also should bump up his contract for us for a, mm. a cut of the proceeds. Yeah, Booker Booker Prize.
0: On the way, along with the Ballon d'Or, for sure. Book a prize bonus in the New Deal. All right. Okay, well, look, we'll see what happens with Theo Walcott. We're going to take a short break, and we're back with your questions right after this. This episode of the RSCast Extra is brought to you in association with Squarespace. I've been doing Ars blog for 13 years now, and one of the emails I get a lot is, how do I set up my own website? And it used to be a case that you had to know HTML or some coding. That's no longer the case. What you need is Squarespace. It's a really simple way of getting your web presence up there. It works for bloggers, for artists, musicians. If you want to put up a portfolio of your work, if you want a business site, every single Squarespace site comes with an online store built in. It's amazing. There are countless templates to make your site look professional and slick as you would like it to be. They've got brilliant, easy-to-use tools, state-of-the-art technology powering your site to make sure it stays up. It's trusted by millions of people, and it starts at just $8 a month. And if you sign up for a year, you get a free domain name that's for practically nothing. As well as that, if you get stuck at any point, they provide 24-7 support via live chat and email. So what more could you want? You can start your free trial website today with no credit card or required at squarespace.com and when you decide to sign up for squarespace please use the code Arscast to get 10 percent off your first purchase thank you very much indeed for your support it all helps us here on the podcast thank you to squarespace for their support as well remember squarespace.com build it beautiful All right, welcome back to the Arsecast Extra, brought to you this week, as you've just heard, by Squarespace. Your support uh, for the podcast, your support for Squarespace, helps us keep things going. Uh, so thank you very much indeed. Your questions make a big part of this podcast, too. Sent to us on Twitter, at Gunnerblog and at Arseblog. James, you have the honour. Let's go for it. Thank you very much. Well, the first
1: question comes from Tim Stillman. Um I can assure you it's not quite in the vein of his previous question on this show. Mm -hmm. He asks, given his contract situation and persistent rumours, do you think Monreal will still be here
0: in September? Good question. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think he probably will be because uh, uh, he's the first choice left back at a Champions League club. And with all due respect to, I think it's Athletic Bilbao that he's been linked with. Uh, I don't think they're in the in the Champions League next season, are they? Are they? I don't know. I should have looked that up. Well, how how could I have looked it up? How could I have you know There's no way How could I have known gonna, you don't that live, you were gonna ask Spain. me? A, yeah, exactly. So let me see the uh the final table uh from La Liga. I mean I'm gonna go with no. Uh no, they're not. They finished seventh, so they're not gonna have Champions League football. And I think that's a big draw for a player. I think um I think Arsenal like him a lot. I think he's better than Kieran Gibbs, and I think it would be a mistake to let him go unless we've identified somebody uh, better that we can bring in at left-back. So So is he into into the final
1: 12 months, is he now?
0: um, Well, he'd signed, what, in January 20... Was it January 2013?
1: I don't know. It was, you know, it was around... It was the it was the January after Robin van Persie left, wasn't it? Because Andre Santos in the interim had
0: had really plummeted in everyone's estimation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it all went wrong. Yeah, January twenty thirteen when he joined Arsenal. So you'd, he's probably signed what a three and a half year deal, four and a half year deal, mm-hmm. the old uh, long term contract for an undisclosed fee kind of kind of thing. So mm-hmm. he's probably got, I would say, another two years. Right. I would have thought anyway. Well unless they did three and a half. I I I don't know, but um no, I would be surprised if we if we let him go. Again to, to go in with cohesion. Um unless there's some major, major upgrade available that we've identified, I don't see any benefit in, in selling him at all. No, I would really I'd be a bit gutted if he left that mm. after, after the way he kicked on last season. Um
1: so yeah, I'd, I'd like him to stay on. And to be honest, he's about 30, isn't he? 29, 30. He's 29, yeah. I kind of feel like even if they can't agree a new contract at that age, you know, it's not like we outlaid a, a vast amount of money in him. In mm. the in position of financial security we're in, I, I'd rather he stay under the terms of his deal, you know, like Bakary Sanya and then go somewhere else than yeah. that we cash in and disrupt, you know, a, a gelling back for.
0: Yeah, I think he's going to stay, hopefully, anyway. I hope so, and I think he will. All right. Yeah. Okay, here's a question from Robin Illingworth at Bob Illingworth. And he says, I'd like to hear your views on ACPOM. I don't think he's uh, ready for the Premier League, despite a good Singapore showing. So what's your thoughts?
1: Well, I mean, he had a good preseason. I think, two years ago, wasn't it, that we were out on Asia Tour and he scored a bunch of goals. I think he scored in three different games and then went on to go on loan to Coventry and and do nothing as far as I recall so I don't think you can read too much into it I I really like him whenever I see him play be it in pre-season or the cup competitions or more often at youth level I always think he's someone who's got enormous potential I was a little bit surprised to hear Arsene Wenger say he's not necessarily going to go out on loan this year because Mm. for me that seems the obvious step yeah
0: I, I totally agree uh I think he, he sort of said, I want to keep him here during preseason. season um, He won't go out. You know, I think we've got to take w- what he says with a, with a bit of a pinch of salt I think as he, well.
1: I think he may have been slightly misunderstood or sort of, you know, because he said, I want to keep him here for pre-season. And yeah. I think he might make an assessment come September or, or whatever it is. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I think, you know, if you look at the Arsenal squad and, and the desire for a, a new striker or somebody who can who can provide something different in the centre-forward role. Uh, I don't see ACPOM as being that player yet. And I think it's a lot to ask of a young player to to step up and and to take on that kind of responsibility. Uh, I would agree that I don't think he's ready yet for the Premier League. He's by far outgrown youth team football, under-21 reserve team football. That shouldn't be a thing for him anymore. If he stays at Arsenal that is probably the only way he's going to play. Mm-hmm. And that can't be any good for his development uh, as a player at all. Um, so I, I would say the best thing for him would be a lone move to a Premier League club. If we can convince uh, another Premier, or if another Premier League club wants him, then that's, that's what we should do, I think.
1: I'd be inclined to agree with that. I mean, I think, you know, that, the issue for Akbom is clear. He's had loan spells with Brentford. He's had loan spells with Coventry and Nottingham Forest. And in between those three clubs, he's not scored a league goal. Mm. So I think he really needs to start doing that. Obviously, as a striker, he's got to start converting what he does at youth level into the seniors. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he's most likely to get that opportunity at another club, be that top end of championship. or I think Premier League's all well and good as long as he's going to get... Playing time, you know, there's no point in going to another Premier League club and sitting on their bench. Mm. Um, but uh, I do think a loan move is the way it's going to go. Do you think the loan of Yaya Sunogo to Ajax is any kind of indicator that Akpom might have a, a part to play, or do you think that's a they're not sort of related, those issues?
0: I don't think they're really related. I think Sunogo is another player who I think he's a couple of years older than Akpom. And still isn't anywhere near close to being ready, if he ever will be, for the Arsenal first team. So a lone move for him makes the same kind of sense as it does for, for Ancpom, who's a little bit further behind in in his development. Um, so I don't see the two of them as, as related at all to be honest, because regardless of what happens with Sonogo, the path for Akpom to break into the first team is still is still very, very difficult. He's got Giroud ahead of him. He's got Welbeck ahead of him. Uh, he might have Theo Walcott ahead of him. He could even have Alexis ahead of him, depending on who the manager decides to play up front in, in particular games. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think a lone move, it's, I mean, it's got to happen, surely. It, it's the only thing that makes sense for ACPOM this season. I would agree with that. I would agree with that.
1: On Sonogo, um, mm. just quickly, what did you make of... What do you think of the choice of Ajax
0: as his destination? Interesting. Interesting because he's got he's going to play Champions League. Yeah. Um, we know the Eredivisie isn't the strongest league in Europe, but um, he, he's going to go to a club that, I suppose, in some ways, in terms of its f- football philosophy, is quite similar to Arsenal. Uh, which which is interesting. Frank de Boer is a very experienced coach and he's working with Dennis Bergkamp, who's the assistant manager there. So you'd you'd, you'd think that before they made any move for Sonogo that there were some conversations between Arsene Wenger maybe and Dennis Bergkamp, Mark Overmars as well as the football director there or, mm-hmm. or head of footballing, what's it's. Uh so, so they would have spoken, I'm sure, about, uh, about Sonogo as a player. And if Arsene Wenger felt that, you know, he wasn't good enough for Ajax, I'm sure he probably would have he would have said that to them. But they seem willing to take a to take a chance on him. And I think it is a bit of a chance because I think he's a bit unfairly maligned for his goal scoring record at Arsenal. I mean he's only played 20 games some of those were a sub some of those were when he was extremely not ready to be a first team player at Arsenal but because of the lack of choice he had to he had to do a job and circumstances forced him into it I don't think he's a player who who ever did anything but his best but Mm -hmm. you know was so raw that he he just wasn't ready for it so maybe it's going to be a good move for him to develop and to learn from from good players from good coaches and to play regularly hopefully he can uh, he can get a place in the team.
1: Yeah, I'm suspicious of the Aero division because they, it briefly made me believe
0: that Rio Miachi was good. But, <laughs> and you know, uh, what was the other guy, the guy that went to, to Middlesbrough? Ah, Alfonso Alves. Yeah. Uh, Kesman. I mean,
1: the, Kesman, the list is long. Mm. Um, but the fact that there's Champions League football available to him there, I think is a big factor. Mm. So yeah, interested to see how he gets on.
0: All right, I think it's your question. Oh, so it is, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um... Okay, this one is from Raymond Herlehy. That sounds like it's an Irish name, and I've just mangled it. Uh huh. He says, "Is the tattoo situation at Arsenal out of control?"
0: That is a very good question. Yeah. (laughs) Um, it it is spiralling definitely. Well, you know, is it just at Arsenal or is it in society? Are the players at Arsenal not reflective of what's going on in society? I'm not sure it is society. I think it's mainly Premier League football. If I'm do you honest. think? Well, I saw a guy the other day. I was uh, sitting outside uh, a pub in Dublin on Saturday afternoon uh, with Mrs. Bloggs having a quick pint. As you do, uh, it was a nice day and there was a young woman walking mm-hmm. along with her daughter and her, her husband or boyfriend and he had tattoos all the way up his neck and arms and things, and, you know, I'm not here to judge, but there was a time when if somebody had a tattoo on their neck, you turned and ran very fast in the other direction. Right. It never meant anything good. Um, but I think, you know, it's just it's just a fashion and a trend, and uh, Aaron Ramsey has tattoos all over his leg, his broken leg, doesn't he? Or well, the leg that was broken. He does, yeah. Mm. He does. Um, Wilshire's got some... I mean, I don't know. You know, if Per Mertesacker came... The big spider web tattoo all over his face. I would say yes, it is out of control. Things have gone terribly wrong.
1: So that'll be yeah, that's the kind of litmus test. That when is the litmus
0: test. Yeah, turns up covered in
1: tats. We know yeah. it's gone too
0: far. If he if 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 comes with the 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 spider web on the face, and then love and hate across the knuckles, mm. and a big anchor like Popeye on his forearm then I think we can say it's out of control. Until then, I think it's just young boys being young boys. It's another Photoshop challenge for you guys. Yeah, Waiting to happen. Yeah. Um, okay,
1: well, I'm glad I'm glad we've sorted that. Well, we what like are us. your
0: thoughts on this tattoo situation? Do you have any tattoos? I don't, actually. Do you have any? No. I don't, no. I,
1: I couldn't commit to one idea, I think. That's the issue. I'm not... I, I have no qualms with them. I quite like them. But um, it does seem that in the last 10 years, the, the fashion shifted those sort of full half sleeves or whatever they're called. You know, I mean, that's uh mm. pretty, in- pretty intense, but look, good luck to them. You know, let's see what they look like when uh, they're all managers on the touchline yeah. covered in, you know, neck tattoos. I wonder. Yeah, what that
0: I'm, I'm like. very, very interested to see, you know, a 60 year old David Beckham. Yeah. I think
1: we all are. <laughs> I sort of don't, I mean, it's like a curious mix of sort of fascination and horror. Yeah. I, I don't know what it's going to look like. I, I, like a, like a wet painting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a wet painting. We'll all right. Here's a question from Mitesh Katri at Mitesh underscore K. And he said, if you could change one rule in football, what would it be? He said, I'd introduce stop the clock and cut out all injury time. I don't know what either of those mean. I don't know what stop the clock means. So you'd have to play 90 minutes of actual football. So when the ball went out, the, the clock stopped. Is that it? I think that's what he means.
1: So, hang on, does he mean, would I dispense with stoppage time and just...
0: No, he wants to know if you could change any rule in the game of football, what would it be? Okay. Uh, Wow.
1: So, I'm trying to figure out if I should give him a serious answer or not.
0: Oh, do, yeah, yeah, I think so.
1: Mm, A serious answer? Yeah. I'd allow weapons. (laughs) Uh, I'd allow weapons, I think. Right you know, like every player would have their own, you couldn't have duplicates. like every player would have to have their own unique weapon that they were trained in. Right. Uh, and when you subbed a player, you might sub one on because
0: the you know, guy is knows, dead.
1: Yeah. Well, or like, or, or like everyone knows Flamini uses a chainsaw. <laughs> so you got to bring him on at this point in the game. Cause that's what's required. It's yeah. very tactical. Right. Um, I think they'd all have to be hand weapons. Like, you, I don't think you'd be allowed guns. That you'd have to be things. That you'd have to be no range weapons, basically.
0: Right. So you got yeah. a close close combat you're talking about.
1: Yeah, pretty much. All right. I just think it would add another intriguing element
0: to the mm. game. Um, what about you? Um, right. I, I would. Uh, I would. I would scrap the offside rule. Just scrap it completely. Yeah, get rid of it completely. So you to have like goal hatching and. You know, that would be amazing. Just one I, guy standing in front of the goalkeeper the whole game.
1: Did you did you know what I'd say if I'm do you know what I mean if I say monkey rush?
0: Monk what's that? I know so, what i would like last man back. Yeah, exactly that.
1: Exactly that. So when we played school, monkey rush was if but it basically meant whoever was in goal at that time was yeah. the goalkeeper.
0: Fly keeper time. we call that, yeah. Or, okay, or last man back.
1: Last man back would work as well. So I'd impl- I'd implement that. That would be quite good. Yeah. Just like, you know, whoever happens to be there. Luis Suarez. You know, <laughs> him playing that rule. He's good. He's good. He's yeah. good at that. Last man back. Um I'm trying to think if there is anything serious that irritates me about the rules. Not 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 hugely. I mainly get annoyed by them not being implemented properly.
0: Yeah, I think that's I think that's what it is. I mean I'd, you know, introduce if I was being completely serious, there's not really a rule about football, but, you know, the, the, this idea that a referee can't uh, review uh, an incident once he's given a yellow card, that's a load of shit. Get rid of that. And why not have, um, why not have? this is not necessarily changing a rule, but implementing a rule whereby uh, after the fact a, a manager can, can cite a player on an opposing side if there's been a particularly bad foul, video you more use of video um replays those kind of things are are, i think going to be important in the future that's what we should be doing yeah i think video tech would be Mm. right at the top of the list um okay do you want a question yes please
1: this comes from dave lee at the dave lee it's the dave lee not any dave
0: lee good dave lee well we don't want second bests on this podcast
1: I know, but... And yet I'm here. So uh, we, we're we going to do... This is a, a proposition for you. have got to choose one of these two alternatives, okay? Okay. Steve Bruce's face on Giroud's body. Right? And I think this is for you. I think this is... You have to live your life like this.
0: All right. Okay.
1: S- Steve Bruce's face on Giroud's body. Oh. Or Giroud's face on Steve Bruce's body. And he says, Forever... No diets or
0: cosmetic surgery. Oh fucking hell! Um, yeah. Oh, that's really difficult. I think, yeah. Oh, God, um, that is really ac- actually tough. That that is it di- because it would be so grotesque to uh, way, to really. have either of those things, either Steve Bruce's face or his body. Like, if you chose the one for his body, you know. Chances are you, you you don't have long left because the heart attack is coming, right? It's definitely coming.
1: Oh, good point. Yeah, you
0: know. So I think I'd I think I'd go with that one just to get make it as short as possible to live life in that that horrendous <laughs> way. No, I
1: thought I thought on that basis you were going to choose Giroux's body for longevity.
0: No, no, I don't want to live long with Steve Bruce's face, even yeah. on Giroud's body. If I can't change it, what's you know. <sighs> It's you a great body, though, can, isn't
1: it? Like Joe Cam. It
0: is a great body. I'd love to have that body, and it's forever. And you'd never have to go to the gym. No, you know, you'd never have to to do weights. You'd never have to do any training. That body is there forever. That those abs, those little lines that go down to the old um groinal area. You know, that's yeah, what they are. Pwah! So I mean, yeah, that that could be quite tempting, and you could always wear a mask, couldn't you? Oh, of Olivier Giroud. Indeed. So maybe I'd go with that one. Yeah, okay, I'm going to go with Juru's body and Steve Bruce's head, and I'll wear, a, I'll wear a mask or a sackcloth or something like that. A sackcloth
1: would be good, just n- naked from the head down. Yeah. But with just a sack over your head. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think that'd be a good look. That'd be very popular indeed. Yeah, why not? There's old sack face. Good look at the body on him. Wow. Look at him, he's in great shape. He's incredible. What would you choose?
1: Well, I mean, I don't know. <sighs> Steve Bruce's face. It's a fascinating thing, his nose, isn't it? (laughs) It really is. I mean, Francis Coquelin's not careful. He might end up like that. I think um, I have been fat. I've been fat. Not Steve Bruce fat, but fat. So I could maybe live with that. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to wear a sack on my head, if I'm honest with you.
0: I understand that.
1: Not good for your career in comedy in B-towns. You say that. It does sound quite funny.
0: Bit of the Um, old uh, Frank side bottom there.
1: Yeah. No, I'm going to go for Giroud's face. I'd like to upgrade the face. And the body, (laughs) you know, it might might have a sort of jolly charm to it. (laughs) Uh, And, yeah, until... um,
0: A pleasant wiggle. Exactly.
1: Until, as you say, the imminent and impending death. It'd be a short-lived thing. So, yeah, I'll go with that.
0: Okay. Lots of people would want to kiss you, so, you know.
1: They would, but sort of, they'd struggle to get to me
0: (laughs) over my rolls of flab. And your pendulous bosoms. Indeed. All right, here's one final question for you and this is also uh, a pick and choose situation but it's not one that is particularly uh, grim or or, or oh, difficult. So this is a question about you know, it's a hypothetical. Let's say we're going out there we're going to sign a striker and it comes from Matthew Kelly who's at MJ Kelly 61 or 81. Hang on. 81. 81. 81. 81. Clear that. Uh, he said, "If you had to pick one, Lacazette, Benzema, or Higuain, which one would you choose?" I think I would choose Benzema.
1: Mm-hmm. I think simply because he's a, he's he's quite proven. He's he's been at Real Madrid. It's a massive club. He's used to expectation. He's used to winning things there. Um, I think I think I think he's probably all round the best of those players so Mm. he he would be the one for me what
0: about you in the very short term yeah i mean he's quick actually isn't he benzema quite quite speedy he's got some pace
1: he's not the slowest no um
0: and in terms of the way that we play the style that we play and um you know uh what what we might need to upgrade then yeah maybe maybe benzema but you know I'm I'm quite tempted by this Lacazette fellow, but then I'm also wary that he could be just this season's name, you know. Mm. He maybe he's not the the real deal. We don't know yet. So you've gotta you've gotta be willing to take a chance. Are are we willing to take a chance on something as important as the Emirates Cup and the Community Shield? <laughs> because those are the targets for this season. I'm not sure. So yeah, like you I think I'd pick Benzema. Um yeah. Why not?
1: Okay, well we'll have Karen Benzema then. Alright. Let's unveil him at the Emirates Cup.
0: Alright, you do that. Or you're not gonna be there. <laughs> no, I'll ask someone else. Alright, yeah, we we've got Dick Law to do it. Okay, yeah. He's Why got, not? He's got nothing else to do. Alright, well uh, thank you very much as always for listening. We'll uh we'll be back next week with another Rscast Extra. Thanks for all your questions. Um until then, have a great week. Bye bye.